questions. Wendy, Wendy O'Leary, thank you so much for joining me in my lounge, virtually having our cuppa. Thank you. You're in Massachusetts, is that right? I am in, yes, I am in Massachusetts. So what time is it there for you? It is 3.40. Yeah. 3.40, so late afternoon. Yeah, and it's nighttime for you, right? Yeah, well, it's getting dark early. We've, yeah, we're really in the depths of winter. We've had some snow this week and yes. lots of hail. And I'm on the west coast of Ireland, so the snow doesn't tend to stay, which is, yeah. is safer on the roads and that. But it's just so lovely to see that snow and have that weather. But then you get over it very quickly and you want spring to come. You know? Yes. Yes. <laughs> it yeah. is beautiful though. Yes. Yeah. Have you been over here? I have actually. Are you in Galway? Yes. Yes. I have actually uh, a couple of years ago. Oh, yes. really? You were having a heat wave and we yeah. saw no rain and yeah. everyone apologized to us that it wasn't as green as it usually is in Ireland everywhere we went, but it was beautifully green to me. So yeah. it was, yeah, it's absolutely gorgeous there. Yeah. That's why I chose when I moved back to come to the west of Ireland because it's just so stunning. The scenery, you know, and being in the, it really is the rugged west coast. Yeah. 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 Yes. It is beautiful there. Yes. yes. Oh, well, then you can relate to where I am, which is lovely. My yes. brother, I have one brother who lives in Darien, down okay. the coast from you. On the map, yep. it, it, it's probably quite far, actually. Yes. <laughs> On the map, everywhere looks closer. Closer than it is, yes. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So he's over. He's been there for years. But I have. I've been to New York and to Boston and California, but okay. I haven't traveled as much as I, I would like to yet. But I yes. will. I'll get there. Yeah. So I'm about an hour away from Boston. Oh, is it? Yeah, from okay. where I am. Yes. Yeah. Gotcha. Yeah. Oh, okay. Boston's full of Irish still. I'm sure it always was. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> yes, it is. <laughs> okay. I see your book up behind you. Oh, yes. <laughs> yeah, I'm dying to hear more about this and more about you. Oh, thank so, you. Yeah. Can you tell me, I'm really always so interested as to how people came across mindfulness in the first place, because you're now, you're an author, an educator, and you're you're spreading mindfulness all over, I see, which is amazing. I love seeing your work, but I, I just love to know how it all started for you. Sure. Um, you know, I think always, like even I remember when I was younger, I always had a lot of curiosity about um, mm -hmm. just different spiritual paths and yeah. um, interested in things. And I, I have like these two distinct memories um one is looking up at the night sky mm -hmm. and seeing all those sky the stars and having this sense of like that spacious um opened feeling that really just kind of moved through me and was really always curious about that and the other is i also remember in high school saying to my then boyfriend you ever notice how like you're thinking, and then you suddenly realize you're thinking. Who is it that realizes? So I always kind of was curious about how the mind, heart, body worked together. And 
I think did a lot of reading when I was younger and in college, but it really wasn't formally until after college, I started to come across books um, about mindfulness. And then at some point when my children were younger, I found my way to a yoga class. So formally, probably first introduced through mindfulness of the body and really coming into my body and feeling that Mm -hmm. depth of being landed really present in my body. And for me, a lot of people talk about Shavasana being that, but for me, it was tree pose. When I was in tree pose and I had that moment of like just stillness and it piqued my curiosity. So I kind of dove in, I became certified as a yoga teacher, Mm -hmm. started teaching yoga to children but then my own practice evolved into more of a um, sort of Buddhist traditional mindfulness practice. I live close to the Insight Meditation Society and um, Kripalu. So there, I have a lot of opportunity, you know, a couple hours away for lots of workshops and training. So I kind of started to slowly um, find my way to those things. And through a lot of reading, I have one friend who introduced me to Thich Nhat Hanh's Oh, yes. Yeah. So I read some of the Thich Nhat Hanh stuff and I was like, okay, you know, it all was sort of fitting together though, um, in this sense of really just kind of coming home to myself and being more present, um, present with my heart, present with my body, noticing what was working in my mind and and how um, I was relating to my experiences on a daily basis. And so I really began the practice sort of on my own for a couple of years, just through reading and then found my way to some of these um, trainings. Yeah, and you're really blessed if you have all of those centers and trait like that you can grow um, and learn from those people to enhance your learning. Yes. I know for me, like my practice at first, I was reading, I I got this workbook that I think it was Sharon Salzberg and Joseph Goldstein. Yeah. Yeah. And I can picture myself sitting in my kitchen doing the practices and then writing in the journal. But I was very isolated in the early days of my practice. I had that one friend who shared the Thich Nhat Hanh book with me and we would talk. Um, She didn't live nearby. So I, I started feeling and didn't even realize I had these resources um, and then once I found one, it sort of opened up. It opens um, you. How long ago was that then? So that was probably about 20 years ago. Okay, yes. Yeah. So that's, yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah. Yep. yeah. Yeah, so it was a while ago. And now I, you know, once you notice one resource, then people are always connecting you. That's it. And when you start sharing, you know, when I'm out and about and people hear what I do, they're like, oh, I've always been curious about that. Um, and didn't realize the wealth of resources that we have, um, not to mention online, like that you're doing this. There's so many wonderful um, resources. I've taken multiple classes online um, to sort of deepen my own practice. Yeah. Which was yeah. Yeah. As you say, what, with the internet now where we can be connected, you know, yes. that, that couldn't happen before. And, it, and as you say, when you open yourself to something suddenly the whole world opens yes and and you find your tribe of people and mm-hmm. you, and you learn and share and that that's why i wanted to do this is to connect with all of you mm-hmm. because originally i thought i really want to talk to some of these people and then i thought why don't i share it and we can all learn together that's you know? wonderful it's, it's a great idea 
Uh, it's so nice because I know when you do the summit and you were involved in the summit, yes. it's all about your, your work. But mm -hmm. I like to know what's behind that. Yeah. I like yeah. to know where you started and, um, and the impact it has obviously had on your life. Mm. Yes. You know, personally, which has led to professionally. Mm -hmm. And then you're, then you're giving back. So that's, yeah. I want to know the story behind the scenes. <laughs> <laughs> the real story. The real inside scoop. The, the truth, yeah. yeah. And what I think is so wonderful is like we're cultivating Sangha in like, you know, that community um, in, a, in a more global, broader yeah. um, way in that we have that ability. But I know for me, having community um, to practice with has really deepened my practice and my commitment to my practice and I think has really given me the platform to be able to teach. It's through practicing in community and supporting each other in this practice. Um, is so powerful. Yeah. 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 Because you continue to grow. And yes. like I, I was saying last week, it's not like you learn and then that's it. It's right. like, which makes it really exciting because you don't know what's next, yes. <laughs> who you're going yeah. to discover and what you're going to discover and those light bulb moments. Yeah. yeah. So and we learn from each other so much. I know even when I run groups, I um, facilitate two groups for adults as well. I work with um, children through adults and I learn so much from the adults in my group. Like we're, we're learning together, right? We're journeying together. That's and it. so I really appreciate your kind of expanding my journey more globally. Um, oh. So thank you. Yeah. Oh gosh. No, thank you. Well, that's what we're all here for. Yes. Connect and mm. empower and support. That's what yes. I love. And tell me a bit more about your book there. I'm dying to see a little more. And you have a, you have a few books, right? Um, no, I have. So it's just I have, that one. Um, it's interesting. I, so I started teaching children and I really started predominantly with the yoga, but my, yeah. the way that I taught yoga to kids was very much body, you know, very much about mindfulness of the body um, feeling yeah. feelings in the body. Mm. And so as I started to teach the yoga and then shifting to more traditional mindfulness practices, mm -hmm. it was like 15 years ago and there wasn't a lot out there back oh, then. Oh, for sure. Yeah. There wasn't a lot of books. And so I was yeah. kind of experimenting, making things up. And mm. I in part did it because these were tools that I kind of wished that I had thought to teach my, that I knew about when my own kids were little yes. and had those tools to share with my own children. So as, mm. you know, I started to see, well, this works, this practice has changed my life. Of course it could work for kids. And I often um, tell the story of my son was in a yoga club in school and he came home and he was like, I just, I'm going to do a breath of joy. And um, then I'll sit down and do my homework. I'm like, of course, it will work for them too. So I started kind of making it up and teaching. But one of the things that was missing in those early days, so again, 15 years ago, there yeah. were not many. I'm in schools, public, mo mostly public schools. There weren't books for kids. So I had all these tools. You know, I had the breathing ball and the jar and, you know, all the stuff. Um, but I really wanted, you know, I'm an educator at heart. That's my background. Yeah. I really wanted a book for kids. So I just wrote stories and I used them as stories. And I kind of tried to get it published um, with not a lot of success. And so I just was using them as stories for many years. So I have written a couple yeah. um, and have used them all as stories. And then 
um, I don't know, years ago, uh, I crossed paths with Chris Willard. Yes. Book, yes. I always was, whenever I was out and about and doing like parent workshops or working with um, teachers, I'd say, this is, this is a great book. It's solid. He knows his stuff. It's really helpful. So when he came to my community to do a um, program, I met him and we were talking and he, and he said, you know, I really feel like there needs to be some children's books. And I said, I actually wrote three, but I can't get them published. So he said, he's like, you know, do you want, he, such a wonderful man, what, you know, do you want to collaborate? And so we worked together because his, he had an idea that was very similar to my idea. And so we kind of brainstormed together and worked together to um, bring this book to life. So it was a very exciting process. But for me, like the idea of being, um, an author and writing the book hadn't really crossed my mind. It was just, I wanted more tools. That's um, it. Yeah. And, yeah. If you, and if you see that it will, you know, that it's the impact it could have, yes. then, you know, it, there are so many who can benefit out there from it and the yeah. power through collaboration. There we go again. Hey. And, and it's um, hugely beneficial. And I think so mutually supportive because I don't know how it is for you there, but I think um, for many of us doing this work, we're kind of the only one in our, you know, I'm in my house on my computer, yeah. I'm sending out emails and then I go out and I'm in a classroom with a bunch of kids, but yes. it can be, it's not like you're working in an environment with a lot of other adults often. And so yeah. that connecting and collaborating what's worked for you oh you know I did this and mm -hmm. I felt like you know it didn't quite work how, how have you taught this idea um to the degree I mean we're all here to be of benefit like it's, it's that's it it's not a competitive thing this is about no how can we share these practices as broad for me like take the practice how can I share this as broadly as I can to because I feel like this is this is what can change sort of the direction of our society so to the degree we support kids understanding and being with their emotions and adults absolutely um, it's yeah. it's so important and so having other people to share ideas with and bounce them off and learn from each other i think is so powerful it's yeah. vital because it's you know as we know the the issues aren't isolated to any one country it's all and that's why we got to work together I feel there's great power in us coming together to to give back and make and create change and we can do that so much easier and um, in a more beneficial way if we do collaborate and work together and like you know we can let the world know that wherever they haven't heard of Wendy O'Leary we want them to know because you know you've you've got the tools there and yeah. we need to share those. Yeah. And so even if we're making a difference one child at a time, right? You know, um, planting, and I often think of it sometimes with the children, it can be planting seeds, right? It's, yeah. I'm planting seeds, and then maybe I go back again and I can water some of those seeds. Um, but to the degree that we can all be doing that and are, you know, all over, we're getting these little gardens growing, you know. Yeah. 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 That's. I was speaking to a neuroscientist recently, and I was. We, they were talking about the brain, and I was, you know, they were saying how the, the teen brain is constantly mm -hmm. it's it's growing, and I queried, you know, we're doing the training for. I have the the manual I've created for teens, which is also mm -hmm. adaptable for adults, and I, you know, that's what he said is you're planting the seeds. Yeah. You're planting the seeds, and that's, you know. 
what it'll come out later and I guess it's like us you know things dawn on us later it's like ah now that makes sense oh now I can use that tool yeah. so it's not wasted it's you know even for young kids they go home and they repeat and it comes out later yes yeah. and sometimes they go home and repeat and it's beneficial to the parents I've had for parents sure. come up to me and say oh yeah, we were having a rough morning and my daughter said, oh, well, I think we should stop and take some belly breaths and taught the whole family yeah. belly breathing or, you know, whatever, whatever other techniques. Yes. So I think any ways that we're planting seeds, you never, I always remind myself, like, I never know what the ripple effect, you, you just don't know. And so yes. my, I, I have my intention. I try and be as responsible in doing it as, you know, responsibly as I can and letting go a little bit of having to know what the result is like i'm gonna the outcome yeah out yeah let go of that outcome sort of yeah. that my intention to be present with those children to mm. or with the whoever i'm working with and and be as you know i plan my blessing you know do my due diligence around my work and my mm. um, effort and mm. then let go of the outcome that's right so yeah yeah land as, as people are ready for it right yeah exactly yeah mm. That's, that's really good. So yeah, you're, you're just holding the space really and giving the tools and it's up to that person. And, and how did you find um, getting into schools there in the States? I suppose you probably have similar challenges as one does globally um, as regards funding, time. Yeah. Yeah, I think um, that I have experienced all of those challenges. Some schools are much more um, open and receptive than others. I think um, sometimes there's this desire to kind of check it off the list. So yeah. sure, come in and do, you know, but, um, but to not have sort of a more comprehensive um, perspective. I really promote um, working with teachers yeah. Because I think from a sustainability perspective, to the degree that we can get teachers, and in fact, even more so than going into schools and doing professional development, the piece that I'm really passionate about right now is mm -hmm. trying to work with our future teachers so they yes. have these tools going in mm -hmm. before they enter the teaching profession. This is part of their training and that they have this understanding, not just in terms of teaching, but their own practice, right? How do we support people in cultivating that? Because we know in the helping professions, how hard it can be dealing with all that's coming at you. Absolutely. That's what, yeah, I was actually thinking that recently that I, I'm not sure if it is here to some extent, I must check, but within the teacher training, as you say, yeah, um, yeah, it's it's imperative for their own well-being, and when they see how how um, useful it is, they're helping yes. themselves and the this whole school environment, all of their students. Yeah, so I really try and do, and some I think some um, training for teachers has it, and some depending on on the school. Um, yeah, and so I've really been sort of out there supporting that and doing some professional development in addition to kind of the direct um, instruction in the yeah. classroom. I also do a lot of work in non-profit. Sometimes it's mm. another way in, um, another yeah. place those kids are, yeah. uh, is in nonprofit organizations. So I, um, I'm very fortunate that I have really great relationships with many of the nonprofits in my area from prior work. Yeah. So 
I can, you know, sort of find my way and, and they look at grant sources for funding and I can make my way into some of those nonprofits to provide staff development, again, burnout for nonprofit professionals. Mm-hmm. Um, and they're dealing with so much, right? They're, they're holding so much suffering and working with the kids who are struggling. So giving them tools and then giving them tools to give the kids. Amazing. Uh, for sure. For yeah. sure. And the impact what the impact uh, you have seen so far as regards testimonials from people, teachers or parents, what has the feedback been? So Could you can um, share a little with us. Sure. I would love to do that. So again, trying to let go of those outcomes. One of the one, sure. one yeah. time that the impact was just so fascinating to me is I was working with this class. It was over the course of a couple of weeks and it was probably like the, the, fourth week in and there was one um, little one who seemed particularly disinterested right during during the lessons and kind of half connected and so you know again planting seeds that's I'm maybe not even planting maybe I'm just sprinkling at this point they haven't even gotten planted but that's okay like sprinkling some will get planted some will get watered and it was actually the parent of that child that reached out to the school and said how they couldn't believe the change um, in this little one that he, um, when he would get frustrated, he was putting his hand on his belly and doing his belly breathing. And he's one who like was showing, you know what we learned in school? Never would I have guessed. So again, you do, also, you just don't know. And I just happen to be fortunate that I have a very good relationship with that school and that parent chose to call, but they shared um, they shared that with me. The other things are, you know, we have testing here called MCAS testing. It's high stakes testing. The kids can give. There's a lot of anxiety that that gets um, sort of raised around that. And I've had oh. teachers tell me that kids who literally could not stay in the classroom, like they would get the test, they get so anxious, they'd run out of the like yeah. Oh, yeah. out of the room. Yeah. that they would make eye contact and the teacher would make eye contact with them and put her hand on her stomach to cue them. Um, and that they would do, and she said, you know, at that point, she didn't even know how that child had done in the test, but the fact that that child stayed for the test, stayed, right? That practice we have of staying when we yeah, practice. Stay with, yeah. With it, just be there. Um, and how proud that child was that they stayed um, is huge. So I have a lot of, you know, times where I've heard back from parents and um, from teachers around benefits, particularly around one of the things that we're seeing a lot, and I'm sure you are there too, is anxiety. Yeah, um, so huge. Um, that's huge. it. It's the, yeah. Um, and, you know, what I, I had mentioned before as well, it's not necessarily something extra. It doesn't have to be a whole extra class that they do. It's incorporating these such simple, quick and easy to use techniques that they can, and they can empower their students. That's what I was saying. They invest so much time yeah. in helping their students do well, yeah. that this can be such a game changer between that child, as you said, staying, achieving, yeah. you know, and feeling better with them themselves, knowing they can do it, right. which, which leads into other areas of their lives. Of course. Yeah. Yeah. That confidence. And I do think that idea of just sort of 
infusing. Um, so I talk a lot about like you can directly instruct and you kind of give the lesson. So you have the tool and then modeling the teacher modeling um, in the moment, the practice yeah. and infusion. How is it that you sort of infuse throughout the day these practices that take seconds, maybe minutes, but but even sometimes seconds, mm -hmm. but can do um, so much and be so beneficial, even just to sort of um, calm the nervous system so mm -hmm. that kids are ready. You know, I, I, with schools, really focus on that ready to learn thing. Their, their brains aren't ready to learn if they're activated. Mm -hmm. So how can we teach For them sure. to calm? That's so it. Ready, right? Yeah, it would be great if, if you could see this, um, you know, if each teacher would even just instill that one minute yeah. for each class. What's one minute? But, right. And then they are so used to using the practice that when they need it, it's already there. There. Yes. And that's what I talk a lot about, using it before you need, you know, because oh, you yeah. activate the, the habit, yeah. right? Yeah. You want to get those neural pathways going so that when you that's need it, it's your friend. It comes right. It, yeah. you know, it's readily... Yeah available. I do want to tell you one, just because it was so adorable. Yeah. One other story about, um, but so I was, I do, I do a lot of work with, um, I'll talk about like the about to moment for kids. When okay. something is happening, you feel that feeling in your body. So we'll, we use anger as an experience or frustration, mm -hmm. how it feels in your body and noticing it. And that's the about to moment where you're about to do something. Yeah. If you can catch that about to moment, mm -hmm. that's the moment where you have choice mm -hmm. and you can practice your breathing or whatever technique um, to, to, and catch it. The first step that was catching that about two moments. So that was what I asked them to do between my one visit and the next one. And it was over the um, holidays. Um, and so a little one, the next time we got together, I said, did anybody notice and catch an about two moment? And a little girl raises her hand. She says, I got a necklace for Christmas and my little brother broke it. And I said, oh, I'm so sorry to hear that. And she said, and I said, so what was the about to moment? She said, I was about to hit him. Yeah. And I said, okay, how did you know? And she said, my hands were like this. My face was hot. Like she could tell how her body felt. And she said, and I looked and I saw that my hands were like this. And I remembered, oh, about to moment. So she named it, right? We know naming, the power of naming a feeling. She said, I named it. And then I said, and then what did you do? And she said, and then I did my breathing and I said, okay. And she said, and I said, and then what? And she said, and then I screamed and I called my mother. She didn't hit him. I'll take it. Right. So she, and she was so proud of herself. I caught in about two moments, that sense of um, knowing that the feeling is okay, which I stress so much with it. Yeah. All yeah. the feelings are fine mm -hmm. and they don't have to be in charge. Right. That's so now you're in charge. You noticed it and you named it. And even if you name it about two moment or angry or whatever, you name it, you're taking, you know, you're decreasing your activation, you're giving it a little less control. But she and again, I think that is so key is that giving them that feedback too. Wow, you caught it. For right. Sure. And that builds on the confidence, which carries over into so many things. Because we know for us, when we don't manage our feelings, it feels crummy. It doesn't feel good for kids, right? It doesn't feel good if we like flip our lid, as they say. Right? No, 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 exactly. No. It feels empowering when you're able to manage a strong emotion and the yeah. same for kids. Mm -hmm. And we want to like build on that. So 
you know, there are those little success, those are sort of the little yeah. stories that I, the academic ones are great, but for me, her ability to do that was just, um, mm. was, and how excited she was about it um, was yeah. just really wonderful, yeah. What, what when you teach them this, um, is there a phrase or a term you say to them, like, um, like um, to think of stop, or like you said, catch it, or? So we talk about catching, yep, so caught it. Yeah. Yeah, and, and then naming it. So yeah, um, you can name it the about to moment, or you can name it. We talk about. I do a catch the feeling game with kids. So catch the feeling. Yes. And what's the and and let's name it. Oh, but, what is it? Right. Yeah, so that's nice because it. then it's it's not them. It's, it's it's so they're not. Yeah, I am not the anger. Here is the yes. anger. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Really so we'll do we'll do that, and and then there are like depending on their age, like I sometimes will do the pause, right? Stop, pause. I will do the stop. Yeah. I know the traditional stop acronym. I, I'll use that practice sometimes depending on the age. Sure. Um, kids. Mm. But I like, especially if I don't have a lot of time with them, I like to make it so that, like, this feels like a game too. Yeah. Like, so yeah. A little more playful. The yeah. other one that I do a lot is a parade. And so the feelings are like a parade and how do you notice? And truth be told, like as an adult, I think the parade one for me, um, it, it allows you to take it a little less seriously, right? Oh, what? Tell anger. me about that one. So, um, so this envisioning of feelings as being like a parade, right? Okay. Just, it's just a parade. It's not who you are, right? It's just, yeah. I'm going to stay on the grandstand and watch the parade go by so what does your angry look like in the parade and having these visuals of sort of oh yeah there's self-doubt what does that look like yep just let it go by you don't try and stop the parade and get run over by it you don't jump in the parade and follow it no i'm gonna stay right here nice and solid so sometimes i'll do like on the floor and i'm gonna watch the parade and you know and i'll have them draw pictures Here's my parade. And sometimes we'll even do a picture of them and a picture of like what the parade creatures, you know, look like and seeing that this is you and here's the parade and it comes and goes and that's fine. Everyone has one. No problem. Right. That's it. Everybody. Yeah. Everyone has it. But it makes it a little playful because I do think, especially us adults take ourselves so seriously. (laughs) Um, And so, you know, when I'm feeling a big feeling like um, frustrated instead of being, you know, I could use a variety of ways to work with it and to notice how I'm relating to my frustration. But boy, that like little image of something going by, oh, that's what my frustrated looks. Oh, it's this little yellow fuzzy creature with googly eyes, you know, whatever it is. Um, But it kind of gives you, um, you can't help but kind of smile a little bit. Yeah. Um, Yeah. Do a little space for me. Um, I have found it with kids. I have found it kind of creates a little space around Def- it. Give definitely. it a name, make it a creature, you know, um, yeah. then you don't own it as much. Yeah. You don't own it. And it shifts the attention away from this big feeling to watching a visual. So yep. it, it eases as a result as well. Yeah. But as you say, the techniques for kids and adults, they all work. They're all right. just adaptable. So we can all learn a lot from the techniques we teach to children. I do think, I know I run, I have two drop-in groups um, for adults. 
Yeah. And so often I find myself saying, when I teach the kids, I, and I'll, yeah. and they're like, oh, so I think you're right. I think um, we've made it fun and simple for kids. Yeah. It's also okay if it's fun and simple for, um, for adults, sure. right? Yeah. To not be quite so heavy as we start to pay attention to how we, you know, it's all, how are we relating to whatever's happening? Um, and why not we, do it in a playful way? Exactly. Yeah. A little lighter, yes. A little lighter. Yeah. And can I ask you something else? For somebody, um, okay, two questions. One is, <laughs> I'll think of 10 more later. I don't want to overwhelm you, so I want, because I want you to come back. <laughs> yeah, this is two fun. Two things. For so, first one, for somebody starting out, where would you tell them to begin? And secondly, I've created just a small online course to manage anxiety. So yeah, I'm very excited about it because I struggled myself. So it's everything that helped me. But for somebody who struggles with anxiety, what would your tip be with mindfulness to help them to, to cope or manage if they're in a panic, panic attack or anxiety attack? So two questions. Where does somebody just begin with the whole mindfulness story and to the anxiety? Hmm. That's a good question. <laughs> so, um, I think for me, like the generic, where does somebody begin, um, is kind of hard because it depends on the person. Yeah. Right. That said, um, if it's, so you're talking an adult. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Let's say an adult. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, for an adult, I mean, like at the most basic level, three conscious breaths, right? Just stopping and coming into presence. So just this past weekend, I did a presentation um, at a, during a religious service about mindfulness, and I had like 10 minutes. So it was really one of those, okay, this is their yeah. first exposure. How do I really like yes. zero in? And I talked a lot about um, the practice that I used was listening because I could easily integrate it into my talk, like just stop and notice the sounds that you're hearing now, mm -hmm. right? And we can kind of, you could feel the room settle in, Yeah. right? And so I talked a lot about, uh, because I do think it's important to have the framework for adults, this idea of what we're trying to cultivate, because so often people have this misunderstanding that we're trying to stop thinking. Yeah. I cannot tell you how many people say, oh, it's great you do that, but I couldn't do it. I think too much. I, I agree. I agree. That's it's one of the big misconceptions. And even when I work with people for a while, I'll still hear them. Oh, but I was still thinking. And so I can't tell you how many times when I do a practice um, and sort of give instruction for practice when I say, and when you notice it, that's fine. That's just what, it's what the mind does. It's not a problem. Nothing is a problem. Mm. Nothing is a problem. Mindfulness can hold whatever it is. Mm. And so I think it is important to have a little bit of framework around this idea that we're trying to cultivate present moment awareness. Like, what are we trying to do? So we're trying to cultivate this present moment awareness that we're really present for what's happening. We're paying attention on purpose in the moment. And so sometimes I'll talk about what it isn't, you know, the lost in thought, the, 
you know, reading a paragraph and not knowing what you read, all those examples, yes. not knowing where you parked your car, all that stuff. And then I'll say, and instead, when we're present in the moment, traditionally often is the breath is used and we can use anything coming in through our sense door. So stopping and hearing, that's where I'll talk about the sound. Stop and just hear what, what are the sounds you're noticing right now, mm. right? What are the sensations you're feeling right now? So I'll talk about like cultivating that initial kind of calming, collecting the mind, calming the system, such that we can deepen our capacity for presence yeah. um, by using the sense doors initially um, as a real good way to kind of begin to ground. So, and I do find because listening is such a strong sensory perception that the listening or the sensations or the breath are kind of the go-tos that I would teach. And then we start to notice the thinking, right? Yes. Then we can start working with it. But thinking is a little tricky <laughs> and emotion, right? So to have a little capacity to, to ground first and a little collecting of the mind such that you can then start to notice where it goes. Yeah. Um, and notice your relationship. How am I relating to where it's going? How do I relate when I bring it back? So the first, the awareness, and then the second is that relating. And that's this capacity to be, which is sort of why I do the parade, because it, it's part of what we're trying to cultivate in this attitude of mindfulness, that mm. curiosity and interest. Yes. Like a parade, those kinds of things cultivate like more curiosity and interest instead of trying to figure it out, right? Like, um, so it's sort of this capacity to yeah. and be listen. receptive and open and curious and accepting of whatever you're noticing. And that, that allows it to loosen its grip. Yes, yes, exactly. Right. It doesn't get locked in, right? Yeah. 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 Right? Yeah. So we have this more open, receptive. So I would probably give them a five-minute sort of yeah. overview of sort of what we're trying to – so we're not trying to get rid of thoughts or mm -hmm. emotions. I've had people say to me, you teach mindfulness. You still worry? Yes. <laughs> I'm human. <laughs> it's, it's what I do with it. It's, it's how do I relate to it? Yes. How do I, man, how do I work with it? Mm -hmm. um, well, it's my relationship to whatever's arising. I'm not stopping the arising. I'm yeah, just I'm, the, I'm relating I'm, differently, right? Yes. And what it does is it allows it to arise for me. Um, what I have seen over these 20 or so years mm -hmm. doesn't arise quite as easily. Mm -hmm. You know, I don't get hooked as easily. I don't get hooked as deeply and I don't stay hooked as long to my feelings, right? I create this a little easier. So I think I would give them that framework and then a really simple breathing. Mm -hmm. I, would, I would see what though, because breathing isn't the right practice for everybody. So I would see what would be a good anchor and just a really um, a basic anchoring practice, yes. how I would start somebody. Does that answer? Yeah, no, that's okay. great. And then just for them to practice that, and to notice how it makes them feel going yeah. forward. And they, yeah, it starts with awareness. Yeah, no, that's a great. People, a lot of people would say, and how long should I practice? And I think they're, you know, integrating it into your day, having a formal practice, like there's all mm -hmm. these combinations. So I would explain formal practice versus how do you integrate practice? How do I leave yeah. my house and make sure when I hit my garage door that I'm present for the, like picking moments in my day to make sure and yes. set an intention 
because of course I won't sometimes be present, but set the intention mm -hmm. to be present for more and more of my day. So we cultivate that continuity of mindfulness throughout the day. Um, yeah. So I would encourage, I would sort of encourage on that. But when people ask how long, I usually say however long you actually think you'll do it. <laughs> right? That's it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Could be three conscious breaths. Mm. Could be five minutes could be longer but to to set that intent like i i am such a firm believer in the power of intention set the mm -hmm. intention mm -hmm. um, to practice for sure yeah. well thank you for that wendy now that's very helpful really good because some people just don't know where to start so that's really helpful yes and for the second question for people with if you know who who suffer anxiety attacks or panic attacks have you got any I know there are many tools and techniques. What's the one thing that just comes to mind? Not putting you on the spot. <laughs> no, it's fine. It's fine. <laughs> just one thing that would come to mind that you would say, ah, I think this. Mm. So I think what um, two things come to mind, actually. Mm -hmm. The first would really be to find it in the body, right? Mm -hmm. to, um, so when I've worked with, in particular, my work with um, people who are dealing with anxiety and panic have been a lot of um, older um, students and it's mm -hmm. around um, test anxiety and school yeah. related stuff. Mm -hmm. And so I really talk a lot about, we do a lot with work with like feeling your feeling in your body such that when it first starts before, you know, that model of flipping the lid, before it's all the way, if yeah. you can catch it sooner and usually the way to do that is those really early visceral body sensations, yes. mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. And um, and then naming it, right? So, yep, there's tightness in the body. There, you're not. And so I always talk about again, we're back to awareness and and this attitude of curiosity. Hmm, interesting. Mm -hmm. There's some, you know, my heart's racing a little bit. Okay, that's what's happening. And and I. I love that phrase. That's just what's happening now. Because mm. what happens with anxiety is there's that rolling forward so quickly, right? That projecting ahead. Oh my gosh, I'm going to be anxious. I'm not going to be able to take this test. I'm going to have a panic attack, yeah. right? And it just yeah. escalates, snowballs very quickly. So mm. feel it in your body, name it. And then I would use a some type of a practice. So the one I'll share that a lot of, um, and there's, like you said, there are countless, right? What is it that the, they said the Buddha taught 86,000 different practices. So there's a lot yes. of practices and we've yeah. made up practices here, yes. you know, for sure. Um, and so one of the ones that um, the students that I worked with in high school, because I like to try and meet the energy of the anxiety mm -hmm. with the mm -hmm. energy of the okay. practice. Just breathing is very subtle. And so to calm the nervous system, um, I usually try and find a practice that is a little bit more active um, that gives you more. So you could add in words, you could add in a visual, right? So you want the, cause the thinking is what keeps the system going. Yeah. So we want to shift from that thinking of, I'm going to fail this test. I'm so stupid. I never do well. My parents mm -hmm. are going to be furious. I'm never going to go to college. Like whatever that whole storyline is yeah. shifting it. And so the practice that I use is actually using um, your hand. I don't, can you see here? I'll yeah. Can see. Can see that. So, the students will use this and they can do it when they're sitting at their desks and no one sees because they do it. I'll do it up here, but they can do it on their laps under their yeah. desks, so no one will see. And you just simply breathe in and out and in 
and out. And so we do it on all the fingers. But the other thing that you can add to that, so there's something about the tactile, right? The touching. Right. I know with little ones, sometimes we do this one. Um, but yeah. for the older kids, there's, it's just one hand so they can use their other hand if they're writing or whatever mm. they're doing. It can be very subtle. No one has to notice you're doing it. Mm. I can do it on my lap in a meeting. No one will ever, like no one notices. Yeah. And you can add a visual in mountain, strong. Um, so like in uh, the book that Chris and I wrote, there are a lot of nature visuals, right? Lake, right. calm and clear. So you can use those visuals or you could just use words, confident, strong. So giving, again, more energy, add words, add a visual. Um, you have added, we've added a tactile. Yes. And it keeps your mind from shifting towards that thinking that spirals you down that. But the first step, I always feel like it's super important to start with those two pieces of first, you really have to be aware it's happening. And the sooner you're aware um, yeah. and accept, yep, this is just what's happening now. That's just right. Kind of like with sleep problems, the minute that you're sort of, I have to go to sleep, yeah. you're making it worse. It's just what's happening now. Not woohoo. I want to stay up all night. Just, it's just what's happening now. Okay. My mind is spinning. I have energy in my body. Okay. Yep. It's just what's happening now. Mm. And maybe I'll do four square breathing or maybe I'll do, right? Like then you shift to a calming strategy. Yes. But first you need to accept where you are and then shift. That's it's been my experience with the students that I've worked with. Yeah. No, that's really, really good. I hadn't thought of that one. It's, yeah. Yeah. They like that one. You know, I think yeah. the students that I've worked with, that's the feedback I give. I try and give a lot of tools because I do think different things work for different people. For sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I think that one gets up because they can also do so much with it. They can add in and, you know, mm -hmm. make it their own in that way. Exactly. If you're naming like a more, a, a calming word, as you say, like, or confident or, and you have a visual to um, add to that or attach to that, that's yeah. very powerful. Yes. Oh, that is so useful. Yeah. And okay. I don't know if you've, if you've read, but that's sort of what we do in, in the book for little ones, right? It's like, yes. You know, I'm in being able to kind of tap into those visuals so you can bring that feeling into your body, right? We know our body yeah. responds. Yes. And so how do you bring in that sense? I mean, for, I know for me, if I just stop and think mm -hmm. I actually live on a lake. So I think lovely calm and clear. Right. And I can feel that in my body. I'm bringing, I'm inviting that. that in. Yeah. 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 And the, the thing is then it, it has such a calming effect on you and everybody around you. Yeah. So yeah. that's the ripple effect and that's what we want. It's yeah. wonderful. I'm, yeah. I'm also two minutes walk from the sea here and it's oh, yes. really peaceful. That's why I moved here. You know, it's yeah. like Galway. Oh, it's, yeah. It's good. There's for something the about the water, right? Yeah. Yeah, yes. for sure. Yeah. And Wendy, one last question before I go to bed. <laughs> I know. I'm sorry. It's so late. <laughs> no, there. it's not. It's now. not. It's not too late. But um, your book there, it's available on Amazon. And what age group would you say that is for? Because so, um, I, I, I apologize, I haven't read it yet, but I, <laughs> I will, I have seen it. No problem. And 
Yeah, and I will, I will get a book. For teachers or for parents or anybody out there, what age group would you, I know they yes. can look on Amazon. Yeah, so you can get it on Amazon for sure. And the age group that it's listed, they say three to six, but I have used it up until second grade. Um, and actually been told that some schools are using it even older. It's funny, I, when I did the, my book launch, I had a lot of adults there and they came up to me and they're like, forget the kids, this book is for us. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. you know, again, the same thing, the practices, you know, it says stop and take a breath. And yeah. just that reminder, oh yeah, I can do that even for adults. But I think from as a teaching tool, which is really how I initially envisioned it, mm. I use it pre-K um, all the yeah. way through second grade for sure, yeah. um, easily. And I, I was just thinking one of the nonprofits I was at, somebody had their daughter who's in the fourth grade who asked to get the book sure. after I read it. So it can certainly go older. And what yeah. what it entails in the book and what I um, and most excited about is though it does say, you know, the stop and take a breath, that calming that we were talking about. Mm -hmm. First, you notice the feeling in the body, right? It talks about how the feeling lives in the body and, um, and naming it, right? That power of naming the feeling and then mm -hmm. stop and take a breath. And then we use a visual. So there's practice like integrated right into the story. And then at the back of the book, we include some other practices. So like yeah. the one where you put a beanie, you know, a little stuffed animal on your belly and it goes up yeah. and down. So there are a couple of other um, hot cocoa breath. You know, yes. there are a couple of other practices there for people who are interested in exploring more. Um, and we also do have an educator's guide um, available as well that people can um, can get and that's on the Shambhala website. That's great. So that's great. More, practice, you, more practices. Yeah. As you as you say, you could read it a few times and each time it goes to a deeper level. That's the nice yeah. thing. You you see yeah. more and can add to it. You, yeah. Yeah. That's and you really can nice. integrate what I love and what I do when I teach with it is I'll often stop and say to the, you know, I'll say to the children, what are times that maybe this would when you felt this way, what are times mm -hmm. when, so you want them to really make that connection that this right. isn't just this child in this book, right? We all deal with these things. When's a time that, that you have, what could you do? Oh, stop and take a breath. Yeah. Right? So it, we it, want to kind of get them to get that sense. Yeah. That make it relatable. Yeah. 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 Oh, no, no, that's lovely. Well, I know what I'll be buying tomorrow from Amazon. <laughs> Have you, what's your vision going forward, Wendy? Sorry, one last question, then I'm going to go. What's to bed. <laughs> yes. Your vision going forward, are your plans, have you, for, obviously you're very busy doing what you're doing. Um, I think for me, it's really about finding balance. Um, I, and I've noticed that with this book, right? Like things, you, you get, busier and my focus has been very much on going out and doing readings and um, yeah. things like that which I love and are a bit of sprinkling the seed you know like seeing that somebody in Australia posted about our book is very exciting oh, to see yeah. that it, yeah you know we're we're sharing these practices that for me you know I'm constantly reminded like in my adult group this morning reminded about how powerful and the possibilities Mm -hmm. in these practices right like the benefits that we can reap in terms of healing and well-being mm -hmm. um, 
so to think that I'm able to have some little itty bitty ability to kind of spread that further is lovely. And I want to balance that because that for me feels a little like the sprinkling, planting seeds. And then I also have these groups that I work with more on a more ongoing basis. Mm -hmm. And for me, that's where I'm sort of watering the seeds. So those are the people who are like, I want to deepen my practice. Um, And I really also very much love that work and that capacity to be able to support each other along Mm -hmm. the path. So I think for me, my, um, my vision moving forward is to continuously look to balance those two pieces. How am I sprinkling seeds and working with the little ones in particular and those Mm -hmm. who care for them? Yeah. Adults, right? And how am I supporting this more deepening of practice for those who are in that place and want that support um, to have their the seeds watered and for us to do that for each other? Community is very important to me. So mm-hmm. I find like for me, I'm getting more used to this online thing, but this is like new for me. Yeah, yeah, me too. I <laughs> like the technology part. Um, I'm getting more comfortable, but, um, you know, I'm a reach out and like, um, be, yeah, I really enjoy having my little group sitting, you know, having us sitting together, um, supporting each other in our practice. So For I'm sure. balancing those two. That's sort oh, of yeah. how I envision kind of juggling. And it mm. seems to have worked so far. I kind of sometimes lean a little bit and go back this way, but mm. it's been working so far. Yeah. Yeah. There's, it's, it's, there's nothing like being, you know, in person and that connection and that learning. But we're lucky we have this platform as well. So it's, as you say, it's about balance and being able to reach people that you wouldn't otherwise reach. And what I was told recently was, you know, with putting yourself out there, I I was told, you know what? It's selfish to keep it all to yourself. How dare you? (laughs) Uh, Yeah. You got it. It's a way to look at it, right? Yes. And how fortunate we are that, um, we have accessibility of these practices, mm-hmm. you know, it wasn't that long ago where it was really hard to access these practices. And now, particularly yes. with the internet, I know I've taken a lot of online, cor- I've benefited from other teachers yes. doing this. Yeah. Um, and it is a wonderful thing because you can do it right from, you know, on your own schedule, your own time frame, and the privacy of your mm-hmm. own home and mm-hmm. how grateful I am to those teachers who are, have put themselves out there such that I could reap those benefits um, in my learning. Yeah, and that's it. Even as a teacher, you know, we still can, you continually learn and always growing and you go over something, you gain something new every time. Mm -hmm. And that's why it's so lovely to connect and to learn from each other. So I thank you so much for that. Thank you. And where could I find out more about your team? work that you're oh yeah well what we've I, I teamed up with um james white who's in cork he's a psychotherapist and hypnotherapist mm-hmm. and we developed um teacher training because mm-hmm. we like the whole organizational approach idea um so we are now once a year doing teacher training when the teachers can earn their cpd points so we'll do that in july um, and besides that, so what we incorporate there is our primary and secondary school or junior and high school uh, teaching manual. The teacher, they get their manual and we help them develop their own practice. Mm-hmm. And then they, they, they learn how to facilitate children of different ages. And so that's the teacher training. 
Um, so that's where my manual comes in. Otherwise, I, I'm doing again a bit of online and in person just to access more people and connect with more people. And so there I'm doing, you know, whatever comes to me. Wherever I'm drawn and brought, I will go. <laughs> Sounds wonderful. So well, that's where I'm at. Doing this. This is, and if I'm ever in Galway again, I'll look for you. <laughs> yeah. Do. It's I would not love that to big. You it can't hide. <laughs> it was beautiful. <laughs> oh, thank you. Well, look, we'll definitely connect again. That and um, your website, do you want to tell anybody who's listening where they can access you and your work? Sure. Um, it is www.wendyoleary.com. And also I'm on Facebook. I have a page for my work, which is Wendy O'Leary, educator, author, consultant. Um, so I post there about things that I'm doing as well. Yeah, that's great. That's another Irish surname. Yes, O'Leary. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Irish. We have a lot, there are a lot of Irish people in the area where I live as well. Yeah. 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 Where's he where's he from? I don't think he I think he said mostly Cork, but he's okay. two generations removed. Yeah. So yeah. 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 <laughs> you can't lose the name. <laughs> no, no, O'Leary. You can't mistake. O'Leary. <laughs> well, we'll remember you. And your book mm -hmm. looks beautiful. I'm definitely going to order it. And best to look going forward with that. But Wendy, I'd love to connect again in a few months and we'll that's see great. what everybody's doing. That sounds great. Thank you thank so much. You. So I appreciate you reaching out to me. Oh, likewise. Thank you for giving me your precious time. Oh, sure. It was nice okay. to meet you. Thank you. Thanks, Thanks. Wendy. Bye. Bye. <laughs>